The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, Buffalo Bills fans, welcome back. This is Breaking Buffalo Rumblings, and I'm your host, Anthony Marino, here with you for another edition of our podcast, courtesy of buffalorumblings.com. Happy to be with you today, talking everything Buffalo Bills. We are officially in the month of June now, so as our podcast continue to move forward, we've got more talk around OTAs. Next week, there's mandatory minicamp, and that all gets us one step closer to training camp, the preseason and eventually the 2019 NFL season. I think for so many fans, it is that time of year. You talk about the OTAs. You try not to put too much stock into them. As I mentioned, mandatory minicamp taking place next week. And then a bit of a quiet period leading up into training camp at the end of July. And I think for many of us, it comes to that part where you're looking for tidbits of news, obviously trying to focus on the positive. There's some negative pieces out there. You talk about all of it because as fans of the team, right, it it really has become a bit of a year-round following, right? It's not that you're just following this team during the season or waiting for training camp or preseason, but for many of us fans of the Buffalo Bills, it is 12 months out of the year. So as we come through these next few weeks, we realize some of the topics might not be the most hard-hitting. We realize there'll be some pieces that we uh, discuss getting ready for the start of this season. And as we do discuss things like the OTAs and some of the feedback that we've gotten from some of the local media members that we don't put too much stock into it, but I think with so much, it's uh, as we talk about these items, you all understand they are these tidbits and nuggets that we're looking for each and every week to try and get a better idea of what the team is going to look like. So have a good uh, episode in store for you today. Really four items that we'll, we'll discuss. We'll talk about Josh Allen, who by all accounts during Tuesday's OTA activities, uh, it looked like Allen had a, a rough finish to practice. So we'll talk about a little bit of that. Obviously, if you heard last week's episode, it was all sunshine and rainbows for Josh Allen. Now we take a step back, you know, a few bumps in the road down the stretch, nothing uh, too much to be concerned about. So we'll touch base on that. We'll talk a little bit about the Bills' new center, Mitch Morris, uh, and some of the feedback that has come from from him since joining the team. We'll also touch base on the injuries uh, that the Bills have been facing with some of the absences throughout OTAs. I shouldn't say absences, but really guys unable to practice. And finally, we'll talk just briefly about Frank Gore and Shady McCoy. I think there's some assumptions being made on these two 
that we should probably pump the brakes on just a little bit moving forward. So anyway, as we do jump into today's podcast, the uh, the first topic of conversation is Josh Allen. And y'all remember that last week when we had the podcast, the media, they get to go to one OTA practice each week. And last week, Josh Allen looked fantastic. And this week, by all reports, Allen had some struggles down the stretch uh, of practice. Uh, you hear from guys like Matt Perino, Joe Biscaglia, Sal Capaccio. I mean, those are really three of our go-to guys. Uh, Matthew Fairburn as well. And it does sound like Allen did have some struggles uh, down the stretch. Joe Biscaglia posting his observations on WKBW and and really noted it was the, the final three attempts, right? The final three uh I guess you could say possessions from Allen, where things seem to uh, definitely be a struggle for him during Tuesday's OTAs. Uh, finishing up, he had an interception of Corey Thompson, overthrew Robert Foster by about 10 to 15 yards, and then finished things off with an interception to Jordan Poyer. And y'all remember, as we talked about last week, right, you don't want to get too high or you don't want to get too low. By all accounts, it sounded like Allen was having a decent practice up until those final three those final three possessions and as you take a look at it right it is uh it is really one of those situations where for all of us you understand there are going to be highs and lows with a quarterback like Josh Allen and that doesn't even have too much to do with the youth right as as you talk about him as a prospect coming out of the draft even his rookie season going into year two you know Josh Allen is not going to be that pinpoint accurate quarterback think of a you know a Tom Brady or a Peyton Manning he is you know and I know we overuse this term I hate to even use it sometimes but he's going to be more of that gunslinger type you think of a Cam Newton you think of a Brett Favre obviously those are two you know fantastic examples that you could hope that he becomes and at least look at his physical gifts and and what he's able to do but with a quarterback like Allen we know that some of the interceptions are going to be you know an issue for him throughout throughout the year and that's going to come from you know him having the big arm maybe overusing the big arm at times and really looking to make some of those big plays um, as we've seen him do in the past so you know as we talk about OTAs you get a report that you know kind of ends practice with a thud with a couple of interceptions sure that's not what you want to hear but again as you go through with this uh, we are talking early June there's going to be plenty of practice time and of course, Josh Allen in no way is, uh, you know, even near the ceiling uh, for him, right? He is still a, a uh, in progress, I guess, when you can think about his work and, and kind of his development that's going through this this off season. So, you know, obviously, I still remain optimistic. You don't get down on too much of this. By all accounts, it sounds like uh, to to steal from. From Biscalia, he starts off his article. The practice was all going along as usual for second-year quarterback Josh Allen, hitting his receivers in stride and the lower-pressure reps. So, you know, that's expected, right, when you talk about OTAs. And then with some pieces down the stretch, again, you see a couple of the mistakes. But for a quarterback like Josh Allen, you know there's plenty of room for growth. Hopefully these are all things where he will continue to progress and get better. And uh, you'd see some of the overreactions on Twitter following the reports. Again, it's it's easy to overreact, overreact to the good and to the bad. We're talking about OTAs. And again, the media, they are getting access to these only once per week, right? So if there's four OTA sessions this week, they're only seeing one of them. Maybe the other three days were horrific. Maybe they were fantastic. We don't know. The interesting thing will be next week, the three-day mandatory minicamp. 
if I am correct, all three of those days are open to the media. So that will give them an opportunity to, uh, to see a little bit more. And, and not to say that, again, that has all of the, you know, will, will be anything that you want to overreact to either. But at least you'll be able to see a little bit more consistency when it comes to, hey, how is the offensive line, you know, looking? Maybe with some of the wide receivers that you don't get to see as much when you're only there one day a week. And, of course, the quarter black, quarterback play, what does Josh Allen look like and, and how is he doing here? as well. Another topic that came uh, from from the OTA session on Tuesday, um, Mitch Morris. Uh, it looks like Mitch Morris will be able to participate in the mandatory minicamp next week, and, uh, and that's a great sign for them. Obviously, the starting center for the Bills, a new addition to the team, working with a new quarterback, working in a new offense, the amount of time that he can get out on the field is obviously a great thing for the Buffalo Bills, getting him up to speed. Because really, as we look at this, and I think it is one of those pieces where Bills fans, of course, in 2018, with the absence of Eric Wood, started to understand, like, listen, this is one of these scenarios where, you know, we are we are in a position, um, you need that leader along the offensive line. And the absence of Wood, it really showed in 2018. When you've got a quarterback competition taking place with uh, with Russell Bodine and Ryan Groy last year, it's hard to establish anyone as the leader. And Mitch Morse is going to be that guy, the leader along the offensive line for the Buffalo Bills. And uh, it is interesting, pulling from Matt Perino from uh, NewYorkUpstate.com and his uh, recap of OTAs from Tuesday, uh, the number one thing on his list, he's got Mitch Morse explodes an offensive huddle. And I'm going to pull from this piece for you real quick just to uh, give credit to Matt and kind of the, the breakdown here. So uh, from Perino's article, the sun was out at the start of practice, but before long, Grace guys looked down upon Bill's practice and the offense went off the rails pretty quickly. A few offsides penalties led to new center Mitch Morris screaming inside a huddle that halted practice for a minute. He implored the team to play good football after a sloppy start, particularly along the offensive line. Uh, I think you take a look at this, right? And that is the type of leadership that the Bills did not have along the offensive line last year. You look at the new pieces that are in place, knowing that a few of the guys were not participating because of injuries, and we'll kind of touch base on that in just a little bit. But to see Mitch Morris, who is, you know, by all means a, a non-contact participant, during the OTA session, right? And for him to, to look at some of the missteps that are taking place and to really jump in and just be upset with what's taking place and commanding more from the offensive line, it's just great to see, again, someone coming in, the prize free agent for the Buffalo Bills. We've talked about the impact that he should have on someone like Josh Allen and his level of comfort and recognizing different um, you know, pre-snap coverages and alignments, whatever it may look like for the upcoming season. And for him to step up as a vocal leader and to look at things and to see these offsides penalties, obviously, right, they can kill drives for any team in the NFL. And for Morris to step up and be that vocal leader right off the bat, again, a great thing to see. So we touch base on Josh Allen. We touch base on Mitch Morris. We're going to take a quick break right here. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about some of the injuries, see if you've got any concerns about those that have been taking place so far. I realize I keep saying it's only OTAs, but I wanted to get your pulse on this and then chat with you a little bit about the running back. So this is Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. We'll be back right after this break. 
All right, Buffalo Bills fans, welcome back. It's another episode of Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. I'm your host, Anthony Marino, and thank you for coming back to us after the break. Uh, Just beforehand, we talked a little bit more about Josh Allen and Mitch Morris. Uh, And now as we talk about these next two segments, right, the first up for us is going to be talking about the injuries facing the Buffalo Bills so far throughout OTAs. And there's a few updates there. I wanted to get your pulse on this to see if it's something you're concerned about or not. From my perspective, I'm not concerned about this because it doesn't seem to be anything uh, you know, too serious or too severe for any of the Bills. But I think any time that there's updates on injuries uh, with some of these guys, it's, it's just good to have a better understanding on where some, some things are. Uh, the injury update, I'm pulling this from Sal Capaccio from WGR 550 AM. Uh, and here's a rundown of the players that Sal has that did not practice due to injury during Tuesday's OTA session. Again, that was open to the media. Uh, offensive lineman Ty Naseki, defensive end Eli Harold, cornerback EJ Gaines, uh, obviously Tyler Croft, you know about the broken foot, wide receiver Cole Beasley, wide receiver Zay Jones, and tight end Jason Kroom. So as you look at a few of these things, again, right, we're talking about early June uh, with the exception of Croft, nothing of, of real note there. Obviously, you don't want to see anyone going out there and anything that may be, uh, you know, lingering for them or pushing themselves too far. Uh, it is interesting with Jason Kroom, the hamstring injury has been out for a couple of weeks now, really since that first OTA session that was open to the media. Uh, will be interesting for a guy like him, as we talked about before, right, with the additions of Tyler Croft, of Lee Smith. Dawson Knox, amongst others, uh, might be a little bit of an uphill battle for him if this is something that lingers. But again, we're talking early June, way too early for any speculation there. The list from Sal, players that were limited and were non-contact, red jerseys, Russell Bodine, Mitch Morris, Quentin Spain, Ed Oliver, Raphael Bush, and Taryn Johnson. So we've got a few additional quotes here that come to us from Sal Capaccio at WGR550.com. Head coach Sean McDermott said that Croft remains the most serious and only long-term injury with his broken foot, but added, and I do like this quote, anytime you miss, it is serious because we need you out there. There's a number of guys that aren't practicing, so it's hard to develop the team when you're not practicing and not available. And not to over-dramatize that statement, uh, right? We always say it's just OTAs. Um, I feel like if I had a dollar for every time I said it's just OTAs, I would be uh, kind of rolling in cash right now. But, you know, as, as you look at that from someone like McDermott, especially with so many new guys joining the team, to have them uh, available, able to participate throughout OTAs that, you know, is obviously a value for the team. Uh, and I just thought that was an interesting quote. Uh, I'm assuming that Capaccio did as well as he really kind of singled that out for his article. An interesting piece that comes with this, uh, Cole Beasley, um, and again, pulling right from Capaccio's article, after practice, Beasley recovering from off-season core muscle surgery said he wouldn't be ready to go at next week's mandatory minicamp, but would definitely be ready for training camp at the end of July, but said, quote, I'm feeling really good. I feel like I've made a lot of progress these last few weeks. I'm getting back up to actually better than where I was. Now it just comes down to conditioning and a little more mobility in that area and strengthening my legs. So with that being said, right, end quote from Beasley, um, you go to it. Obviously, you would love to see him able to participate at mandatory mini camp, but not uh, not anything too important. The fact that he is saying he will be ready for the start of training camp, of course, it's probably a little bit early to, to guarantee that. Could, could be any setbacks or whatnot. 
But with that being said, I think it's uh, it's great note that Beasley will be ready for the start of training camp. So I ask you this question, right? When you look at all of these uh, these injuries in, in place, I mean, are, is there any sense of concern for you as a Bills fan? I, you know, as I look at it, you're talking about soreness. I think you look at some precautions with some players. With the exception of Tyler Croft, nothing that is seen is anything too serious. But I do think, you know, sometimes as we do talk about it, we can't overreact to some of these lingering injuries that could be there. Is it a little bit of something, uh, you know, a premonition of more to come? If someone's dealing with a hamstring like a Jason Kroom, is this something that's going to linger throughout training camp, throughout the preseason, and then eventually to the season? Obviously, that's taking a bit of a pessimistic approach to things, and I think you guys know me well enough that I try to stay as positive as I possibly can when it comes to the the Bills, albeit it might not be the easiest thing to do sometimes. So make sure that you uh, provide some feedback. Let me know how you're feeling about the injuries so far. You can do it in the comments section at buffalorumblings.com. You can hit me up at Twitter, at AnthMarino, at any time, and I always appreciate getting the feedback from you uh, have any of these topics really as we talk about it the last piece I want to discuss with you guys today the running back position and uh, it's just a little bit of an interesting take with this I, I think we hear a, a lot of different interviews you, speculation from fans whether it be in our, our comment sections again on Twitter or our Facebook pages as you go through all of these pieces it seems that there's this foregone conclusion that after the 2019 season, that both Frank Gore and LaShawn McCoy will no longer be with the Buffalo Bills. And I just, I don't really understand why people are making that assumption uh, with either one of these guys before they've even played a snap this year. And I say that, again, knowing LaShawn McCoy and the last year of his deal with the Buffalo Bills, Frank Gore coming in on a one-year deal. But I just don't know why we would make that assumption that both of these guys would be off the roster in 2019. Uh, maybe they both won't be back, right? But you can look at things. And despite the fact that TJ Yeldon signed a two-year contract, that's something if the Bills decided to get out of, it's not something that would really hamper too much or leave too much dead money out there for them. A guy that signed later in free agency. So with that being said, I, I do not even see him as a lock to make the roster. Of course, the Bills could see Devin Singletary as the future starter for them. And by all indications, a very talented back but has not played a snap yet, and we'll see what kind of progress he shows throughout camp and, of course, once he gets to the preseason and what he can do during the regular season. But I think for it to be a foregone conclusion that both Gore and McCoy will be off the roster after the 2019 season is not something that any fan should should kind of jump to that conclusion. Now, I say this first off knowing, okay, LaShawn McCoy had a horrible 2018 season. Right, you look at it: 161 rushing attempts um, for 514 yards, 3.2 yards per carry. Uh, battled some injuries at different points throughout the year, just but it really never got going for McCoy and the Buffalo Bills running game. Now, not making excuses here, but we all know that the Bills' offensive line was horrific during 2018. That's why they made so many additions this offseason. And of course, you look at the changes with the quarterback with. Nathan Peterman and then Josh Allen and then going to Derek Anderson and then to Matt Barkley and then back to Josh Allen. With so many of the changes, the Buffalo Bills offense was just not in a good place. And it was a horrible year for McCoy that you could say, okay, was, you know, has McCoy, now that he's over the age of 30, uh, he turns uh, 31 during the month of July, you know, is it that after 30 years old, you see a lot of running backs fall off? 
or is it something that now you can look at McCoy and say maybe is he able to bounce back to the type of performance that he had even in 2017 which by his standards was a little bit um, subpar but averaging four yards per carry over a thousand yards rushing 55 um, uh, 39 receptions or 59 receptions sorry about that looking at some different notes here but as you go through with each of it right does McCoy have a little bit of a bounce back more to the form of 2017 but not having to carry everything himself will be interesting to see Uh, and again just despite the fact that Frank Gore is you know just turned 36 back in May you know here's a guy who averaged 4.7 yards per carry during the 2018 season averaging about 11 carries per game, um, maybe about one catch per game, not much of a receiving threat, but for doing what Frank Gore does best, uh, 156 carries, 722 yards, if he's able to produce anywhere close to that, and really I can say it in a, a an average rushing attempt, right, in that 4.5 to 4.7 type of range, I, I don't care how old he is, right? I don't see why the Bills would not want to bring him back for the 2020 season. So it's it's much too early with it. I guess the part I'm just saying is, you know, through everything that LaShawn McCoy has gone through on and off the field, right, the subpar play last year, all of the drama off the field, the Buffalo Bills have still stuck by him. They have not traded him. They have not released him. Uh, it seems that, you know, at least Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, through their comments uh, during the draft and post-draft, have, have made a commitment to McCoy and we'll see what kind of motivation he has to come out and what his performance looks like this year with second-year quarterback Josh Allen and behind a completely revamped offensive line. And again, Frank Gore signed very early with the Bills um, during free agency. And I remember many fans kind of snickering at that, looking at the age of the running backs that they have. Listen, man, if you can carry the rock for 4.5 yards per carry, I don't care how old you are. And and Frank Gore, really one of those guys that just uh, kind of defies uh, father time as you as you look at things. And, and by all means, had a very solid 2018 season. If he can do anything close to this with the Buffalo Bills during the 2019 season, uh, I think fans would welcome him back to the roster in 2020. And you talk about the leadership that he can bring to the room. Uh, Let's say LaShawn McCoy was to leave Buffalo. You would only have Devin Singletary as a second year back. Frank Gore, uh, the opportunity to do what he does to still provide that leadership. Uh, Again, at 36 years old, I'm still expecting some great things for him this season. Um, But of course, I expect great things from everybody on the Buffalo Bills roster. That's why we love this team and we try to remain as optimistic as we always can. So let's do this. Let's wrap up this episode of Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. As always, thanks so much for uh, for joining us. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. You can rate our podcast. You can review it. Uh, love to get the feedback each and every week. Appreciate everybody listening. And uh, don't forget, check out buffalorumblings.com for all of the latest on the Buffalo Bills. So I'm Anthony Marino. I'm checking out this week. I'll be back with you next time on Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Take care.